Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Rodney Smith, and you're listening to Power Own Voices Live. Thank you for joining us today. My host, Angela Thomas, will be here. And now to honor America, especially the brave men and women serving our nation in the Persian Gulf and throughout the world, please join in the singing of our national anthem. The anthem will be followed by a flyover of F-16 jets from the 56th Tactical Training Wing at MacDill Air Force Base and will be performed by the Florida Orchestra under the direction of Maestro Yaha Ling and sung by Grammy Award winner Whitney Houston. Rodney Smith, 
and a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast, and that's 3.30 p.m. for those of you who are listening back east. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. We also have our weekly community gathering on Fridays at 12 to 2 at the Westside Bistro located inside of Nevada Partners at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. And we meet there the first four Fridays of each month, and months that have a fifth Friday. We meet at PC Rib Crib, voted as one of the best soul food restaurants in this country, made the top 100. Excuse me. So we were there last week. Big shout-out to Sharon, TC, and the crew for taking care of us there. Wonderful meal. I was so full. I was looking for a cot. So that tells you how much I ate. Really great time there. This week we were back at the Westside Bistro, and the topic of Veterans Day came up. And I was surprised at what I heard. I'll get into that just a little bit later. Uh, There's been a lot of things in the news this week. Uh, We have uh, locally, one of our big news stories, believe it or not, we have the Soul Train Music Awards that are here, so that's a pretty big deal for for us. Uh, a lot of other news happening. Hey, did you guys hear about Officer, I think they called him Officer G.I. Joe, I think his, I believe his name was uh, Glabinich, uh, or something close to that. And he was a, a police officer, I want to say in Illinois, who said that he was following some suspects and his uh, gave a description, male, two male white, one male black. He was in pursuit. I believe he called for backup. Radio went dead. Backup arrived, and come they found the officer shot dead. Had a massive massive manhunt, I believe 400 officers, looking for these three individuals who allegedly had somehow shot Officer, I I wouldn't say Glebenowitz, but I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Uh, He's a lieutenant and somewhat famous. Well, he's gone from famous, come to find out, they thought he had been shot by these alleged perpetrators that he allegedly was following, and it turned out to be a suicide. That's right. Uh, murder by cop. But it was it was a suicide. And the reason why I'm mentioning this today is because we've had these tensions with the police officers and them claiming that the Black Lives Matter movement is turning people against police and that it's unfairly treating them and it's caused to supposedly the death of this officer. And the officer led to his own death, through his own misdoing, 
find out he had been embezzling some funds from his local, uh, I believe it's called Explorer Group, which is uh, a group of young people that sort of goes like a little paramilitary-style boot camp training, and which is a good, you know, I'm, I hear those are good programs, and he was the person that was in charge of it, and it's a volunteer thing, so it was all good, and that was a part of his his lore is this this hero who had been gunned down. But he actually staged his suicide to make it look as if he had been murdered. Now, what they're suggesting as a possible reason for this was because he had embezzled this money from this explorer's youth organization that he ran and that he had been asked to provide an audit. And allegedly, this audit was going to reveal his misdeeds. Now, if you think that that's strange enough, the story goes on a little further. And in this case, the story goes on that he was in the process of hiring a hitman to take out the person who had requested the audit. When I said it couldn't get any weirder, that's pretty weird. Now, this is obviously a, you know, he's a lieutenant, so he's he was on the force for a while. And then after further investigation, this so-called G.I. Joe, this, this comes to find out that the other cops had filed Complaints about it. Complaints for misuse of his vehicle by giving unauthorized rides or allowing uh, this explore explorer use to use the vehicles, to taking a vacation or using his police cruiser to take his family on a vacation. I, I said it doesn't get any weirder, but I'm trying to think who wants to go on a vacation, bringing their work with them. In other words what you're in all day or all night, whatever the case may be, who would want to go on a vacation with their family like that? But different strokes for different folks. That's one of the allegations against him along with the misuse and misappropriation of funds uh, from this Explorer Club. And he had been doing it for years, allegedly. been doing it for years. Now, it just makes you wonder, why didn't they know about this? And with these multiple complaints filed by his brothers in blue, that this was allowed to go on for so long. Well, there's another allegation, and this allegation takes it another step, alleged sexual misconduct, sexual misconduct on the job. Now, this is the, this is the cop's cop here. It just makes you wonder how could this how could this be? Now it makes me wonder those arrests that maybe he's done were those legitimate arrests, or was that also something to bolster his reputation? Now another story that happened this week that's sort of somewhat related to this one is there's been an, uh, an investigation with. One of the one of the newspapers.
And they discovered that a thousand police officers, that's right, one thousand, a thousand police officers, law enforcement personnel, have had to give up their badge due to sexual misconduct. Sexual misconduct. And this, you know, this is on the job. And some of these police officers have had complaints about this. And some of these people, so you, I guess you could say they were like serial uh, targeted because they had these relationships with these people more than once. What is going on with our police force? And what is going on with the oversight and supervision? I believe we need to have a police force, but they need to be of upstanding character. And we're seeing now, as the spotlight is being turned on to them, more and more abuse. You know, the, the thing about people in power who abuse is it's usually not one thing. Because once they get away with the one thing, once there's a lot of maybe regret, twice, probably try not to do it again, third time, well, if I could just stop, fourth time, it becomes just what they do. And as much as we want to support our police, too much deference. And we need to do something different and maybe even view them differently. And are they really able to police themselves? Something to think about. Because Officer Levinovitz was accused of the same thing. Here is just a list of some of the things that these police officers, and this is, this is a, a, from the Associated Press. Between 2000 and 2014, 1,000 law police officers were stripped of their badges and, and certain certification. And this is for sexual sex-related misconduct. And of that, 550 of them lost certification. 440 were decertified for other sexual misconduct. I mean, I don't know what the other is once you do it, but we're talking about child pornography, um, underage citizens, and consensual sex on the job. And some people say, well, if it was consensual, but these are police officers. These are people in positions of power. Is it ever really consensual? Especially if it's someone that they're possibly looking at to arrest. And we know that sexual assault is always underreported. So really, is it just a 1,000? And a 1,000 is a pretty big number by itself. We really need to take a look at not only is it the abuse of black people, 
but it's the abuse of people as well. In this country, in, in America, one of the things that there's been a trend that maybe we, we need to highlight a little more is that issues concerning black people, whatever they are, they're addressed. Usually we find out that though black people may have been the face of it, that it's broader than that. So in other words, if in, in this case, if you have police gunning down black people, once the investigation goes in, they find out that, oh, well, it's not only police gunning down black people, but it's police gunning down Latino, Hispanics, it's police, oh, wow, police even killing white people. Oh, shut police killing police. Oh, and it's not only the victimization uh, from shooting black people, but they also got have these, a thousand of them have lost their badges due to sexual-related incidents. And, it, and the list goes on and on. It has been this way since we have been here. What impacts black people will impact the rest of the country. It is something that when black people say, hey, there's a problem, and it goes ignored usually, or covered up, or something, anything but addressed, right? But when, once it is addressed, not only do they find out that it's a problem, but then they find out that it's more widespread than just black people. Listen to us. We have video cameras now. They're recordings. We have dash cams, body cams. They even have weapon cams, you know, where, the, where there's a, a little a recording device on the weapon. So where is pointing this, this record? Where he's walking, it's recorded. Where he's driving apart, it's recorded. Uh, citizens are recording. I think it's one of the best things that's really happened. Because a lot of the times when people have said, these things are going on, especially associated with law enforcement, there was always a certain level of skepticism for the individual and more belief for the police officers. And we're finding out that a lot of what the people have been saying is correct. It's true. Just like with black people, a lot of what we have been saying for decades is true. Listen to it. Take this serious. We're citizens too. So that's a little bit of some of the news that, that's gone on this week. I, as many of you know, on Fridays we have what we call the gathering. And it's a group of people. Uh, it's a cross-section of our city here in Las Vegas. We have black, white, Latino, Hispanics, mixtures. Uh, we have conservatives and Republicans, libertarian, liberal. I think we've even had a, one or two socialists. You know, we get a cross-section of the community. Uh, religious, atheist, agnostic. Uh, I think we've had at least one Wiccan, a warlock, we get people. I don't endorse 
any one particular thing. I'm just letting you know that we get a cross-section of people. And I think that's good. That's what makes America great. And in this cross-section of people, we have discussion. So because Veterans Day coming up, one of the topics I wanted to talk about was Veterans Day. As I am a veteran, uh, we had other veterans uh, as part of the group. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to recognize those veterans, but also to talk about Veterans Day and what it means to us. And I was surprised at some of the things I heard. And so if you all would like to share with us today what Veterans Day means to you, I would love to hear it. Because what I heard yesterday, I I was surprised. Now, I know that there's a lot of people who aren't related to a veteran, have never served themselves. So what they know is usually what they've seen on television, in the movies, or a book that they've read, even some history. But I was really shocked at what people thought of veterans and the holiday. Because the holiday and veterans, you know, talk about PTSD. We had some folks say that they would not allow their children. They would do whatever necessary to keep their children from joining the military. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. And they asked someone, what does Veterans Day, what's the significance of it? And one of the veterans says, it's so, and they said, why did you serve? Why would you go and join the military? And they just have, it just happened to be a Bronze Star recipient who was at the table with him. And without hesitation, he said, so we can have the freedom to do what we're doing right now. And I don't think the people quite got it. There was a slight pause. And then it was like, oh, so if you didn't serve, we wouldn't be able to do this now? And, you know, he went on to clarify and say, well, no, because there's people who want to take this away from us. And by folks like me serving, we help prevent that from happening. Now, statistically, only 1% of the people in this nation have served in the military. And of the remaining 99%, oh, there's 3% who are directly related to the 1%. So in essence, you can say that less than 5%, less than 5% of this country has any type of direct relationship to someone who served in the military. And I don't, you know, just think about that. 1% of this country has served in the military, and only 1% of this country are directly related to it. So most people, when there is a war going on, as, you know, we're fighting now, are really just oblivious to the impact, the personal impact that the war is having. They can see on the news that, oh, there's a fight in this place, there's a fight in Syria. Uh, they, they see that, but they don't, they don't get to see the person. They don't get to see the person when they're talking about joining the service. They don't get to see the person 
when they take that oath of enlistment. They don't get to see the person when they graduate boot camp. They don't get to see that person when they come home for the first time. Nor do they get to see that person before he ships off to his first deployment, especially if it's a combat deployment. And they don't get to see that person when they return from that deployment, whether they return as they left or they're somehow changed. They don't get to see that. They don't get to see and understand or hear why a veteran who goes and serves and maybe gets hurt or sees his brothers and sisters in arms get hurt and sometimes killed, say that they want to go back. At the conversation yesterday about Veterans Day, what I heard, what was said, was how terrible it was to be a veteran, to serve in the military. What I heard was veterans love war and people who join are going so that they can fight. And this is a man thing with knee-jerk action when people do things to this country. In that, that was enough. But it was went on to say that even the attack on Pearl Harbor, us getting into the war, was a knee-jerk response. And it was due to men not being willing to talk it out. And had there been women there, and I said, well, if there would have been, so we got attacked at Pearl Harbor, for those of you who may not know or have forgotten, that attack happened. Pearl Harbor was located, is located in Hawaii. And that's where our seventh fleet was located, and there was a surprise attack at Pearl Harbor, and it, you know, did major damage to the Seventh Fleet, which is located at Pearl, but what was and is located at Pearl Harbor, and that led to America declaring war on Japan. Now, this attack, and I don't want to get too much into it because the anniversary of it is coming up, but this attack was done by the Empire of Japan on December 7th, 1941. And that was when America joined the war. You know, there's a famous phrase about uh, awakening a sleeping giant that they're referencing America. Because we were kind of isolationists. You know, yeah, you guys are fighting over there, but we're good over here. Just keep your stuff over there. Well, when the Japanese attacked us, that drew us into the war. Now, why I'm bringing this up is because I don't know what the ladies meant, and this was ladies who said that they, veterans represented war to them, and men wanting to fight and not being willing to talk it out. I asked them, I said, well, what, what would you have done if you, know, you were in charge and the country got attacked? What would you have done? Since it was, you know, in your minds, it's 
it's men with a knee-jerk reaction and not being willing to talk. And then, of course, we brought that up to the towers going down. What what would you have done when the towers went down? You're saying that it's a knee-jerk response. And they said, well, I just think that you should be able to, you know, we are intelligent and we should be able to talk our way out of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to just figure out how to go with this because so Pearl Harbor by the Japanese Empire, and you're saying that we shouldn't have fought back and we should have tried to talk to them. Well, we did talk to them. We were talking with them, and they still attacked us. And not only did they attack us, but they had plans to attack us wherever we were. And, of course, let's not forget another member of the Axis power, and that was, well, Adolf Hitler in World War II, who also uh, was trying to attack us and had been attacked. So when we talk about Veterans Day, yes, you get veterans because they joined the service. Now, because they joined the service doesn't mean they're in war, but if there is a war, the active duty are the ones who go fight, and then hopefully they survive, and they're, they're veterans then. So there is an association. I just didn't see the direct link of the holiday desire of people to to fight a war, and that's where my disconnect was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I said at the top of the show, it is not a show done just by me. My wonderful co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, is the other half or maybe the other 51%, the 51% of the show. <laughs> hey, Angela, welcome to the show today. What's up? Saturday. I'm off schedule, as you can see. But, you know, pleased to be here again another Sunday. It is Soul Train Weekend. Yes, and, uh, you know, that's why I'm talking a little, you know, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. Long nights. Soul Train Awards was filmed last night. Miss Erica Badu brought the hippest trip with the illest chick. All I can say is if you were going to rebirth Soul Train, please do so and make Miss Erica Badu the host. I did not see the whole show because I really wanted to you know, watch this on television with with everyone else. I, so I didn't want to see a lot of the behind the scenes and taint my mind and everything. But I did catch some some jewels last night. You know, R. Kelly was in the building. He's closing out the the, the show this year. Well, I don't know if he's closing out, but it looked like he was closing out. And Rodney, he recreated 69th Street, a house on uh, a house on 69th Street, a regular. Chicago summer backyard barbecue scene with all like 200 of our closest Chicago and friends, some celebrities sprinkled out in the crowd and complete with the chain link fence. It was pretty incredible because I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, that looks like they're recreating a house on the block down there. I was in the box seats. It was nice too. I, I must admit, you know, I'm vertically challenged. 
So being down there in the mix never works for me because I can't see nothing. Everybody's taller than me. So being in the box seat last night, I've decided anytime I go to the Orleans Arena, that's where I'm sitting, way up at the top with the monitor, and I can see the things much better up there. Nobody's nobody's in my way, and I'm not in anybody's way. It was really cool. So thank you, uh, Nina Bailey and Tanya uh, over at BET for calling me and including me in uh, their box seat hookup. And uh, we really enjoyed ourselves. The Babyface tribute was outstanding. I, I, I really enjoyed that, as well as the the highlight for me. Uh, you know, everybody is familiar with the uh, BET Hip Hop Awards. One of the key things that people look for is the hip hop cipher. Well, Miss Badu brought the R and B cipher. Exciting. I'm gonna put it to you like this: Chrisette Michelle. Layla Hathaway, the legend Eddie Levert, and the incredible Casey from Casey and JoJo, from Casey and JoJo, a.k.a. Jodeci, all in a cipher together, uh, joining those voices in beautiful, in the tradition of beautiful, beautiful jazz jazzy R&B. It was like your mama's smothered chicken. It was beautiful. It was great. I I don't know what else to say. I I enjoyed Erica Badu's infectious um, enthusiasm about the Soul Train brand and the Soul Train history in the downtime of the filming. I mean, she was just Excited, and it, it's been a long time since you've seen a, a a celebrity, a particularly a celebrity of her caliber, excited, genuinely kid in a candy store, excited, dream come true. She, I mean, after they played the hip hop, the R and B cipher, she literally said to us, "I can't believe that they let me do that." I can't believe that, y'all. This is my dream. I can't believe I'm hosting the Soul Train Awards. I, I just can't do it. Y'all give it up for my girl, Jill Scott, because she did that, and she deserves the award. Hate I missed the Jill Scott tribute, but I'm looking forward to seeing it um, on television. So Soul Train Awards 2015, red carpet, they slayed. They looked good. Everybody, it was it was a good red carpet, and it was a great Great, great show. What I saw was great, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the completed project. Please invite Miss Erica Badu back next year uh, to host again because she really deserves it, and her enthousi- her enthusiasm was infectious. Now, Angela, for those uh, who are not as hip as you, and basically I'm talking about me here, <laughs> what the heck <laughs> is a music cipher? A cipher is when several MCs are huddled together and it's like a verbal sparring. You you give me 16 bars, I'll match you with 16 hot bars. So, you know, a cipher is talented artists standing in 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 a circle of in a union and and verbally sparring. Now, is this off of the same so basically like they get a song and uh each one of them get to sing a, a portion of that song back and forth? 
Basically, yeah, it's it's like a passing of the mic. Okay. All right. You huh. you you show out. You show up and show out. Challenge. You know, in that spirit. Okay, I, I see. That's that's why Angela is here because they know that I'm I'm on the older side of, excuse me, the more uh, seasoned side of things. So in order to, you know, I, I need I need somebody to be the explainer of hipness yeah. and coolness. That's that's Angela. Definitely not. Well, you know, I I I live to do it. This is my um, being a Chicagoan. Soul Train is just in your blood. So when Soul Train decided to come to Las Vegas a few years ago, it truly became one of my um, private passion projects. I really love it. Uh, <clears throat> and it was exciting this year. So keep I just want to notice, once again, Angela gets those fun things. Now, ah, I was at the gathering, so I have a good time. But it wasn't the Soul Chain Music Award. See, she <laughs> gets to do I was at, stuff the, I like was at that. the gathering, too. Yeah. Uh, yes, the hip trip in America, man. I was not at the Soul Train Music Awards, though. And it sounds like it was That's a flash. Now, mind you all, I probably would have fallen asleep had I been there anyway. Probably. Again, another reason why <laughs> Angela does those things versus Rodney. I was like a, 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 a R&B soul fairy last night. I had all black everything on, and I was just a vision of tool and leather through the through the city, checking out the Soul Train Awards, different parties. You know, it was really nice. It was a good. It was now, a good night in Las Vegas. Now, when does that? When does it air? It airs next. Sunday. So let me double check that. I'll, I'll let you guys know later on in the broadcast. Uh, I believe it, it airs next Sunday, though. Okay, now the reason why I ask that is because Veterans Day is uh, this coming week, Wednesday, and I was a little curious. Is Did they uh, give a shout-out to the veterans uh, during the event? Did you happen to notice it at all? I did not, but I must admit I was uh, way late in the um, process of, you know, the carpet and all of that stuff. So I, I really, I didn't even have time to get all of the normal paperwork that I get about the airing and all of that stuff. I really had time seriously to just run in there, check out part of the show, write my notes down and, you know, things. And keep it moving. Okay. Um, what, what was there any other highlights? Any any celebs that you got a chance to see or interview? Anybody say anything uh, memorable? Did you get a chance to see the red, green, orange, or blue carpet, whichever color that they had? I was not on the carpet this year. Um, I really had an opportunity to go a little bit behind the scenes last year and this year. Um, I kept on that tradition. I actually had more interaction with uh, some of the personalities, and I ran into my good friend, Chrisette Michelle. 
congratulated her on her new engagement, and we talked a little bit about up-and-coming new music. She has new music coming out in February, uh, early February, and um, she just finished a a big play, her first play, and there are a lot of new things. Uh, She was really excited about uh, being included in the R&B cipher, so I was really happy uh, for her on that front. But uh, passed by Miss Jill Scott, I was happy with that. You know, it was just good to be in the in the same air with Miss Scott, and that was good. Um, okay. I got to peek at Mr. Tyrese. Hey, Tyrese, it was fun. Okay. And you did <laughs> a, was there too. A, Janelle Monet. I ran into Ara Kelly. Um, Ara, Ara, actually, Ara, Ara Kelly. I saw my good friend, um, a record exec, uh, Wayne, and. You know, Robert just happened to be nearby, so it was good to to run into my Chicagoans. It's always good to see my Chi-Town folks. Well, it sounds like a good time. I look forward to seeing it here. Uh, I would love to And it airs November 29th. Yeah, it airs November 29th. That's a Sunday. So uh, please check your listings on Centric Television. It will be airing on Centric. TV, November 29th, and I promise you, Erica Badu delivers. And anybody that's ever seen Miss Badu do what she do live, y'all already know that she's an you know an incredible artist, an incredible musician, and um, you know her being the DJ. I, I don't you know maybe a few of our listeners are like me. I've I've experienced her as a DJ and she she's a part of another collective where she's literally just making beats on the spot. I've kind of experienced Miss Badu in, in a lot of incarnations and she has a uh, one woman show that she she does also. I haven't seen that but I intend to um next time, you know, the play and 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 myself are all in the same proximity, but uh anybody that's ever seen her live knows that you know, it could be anything. You do know one thing for sure is going to be live. Mm-hmm. She's just an incredible well, I have never seen one of her shows. I do like her uh, style of singing, especially some of her older stuff. And I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the Soul Train Music Awards, and I'd really like for Soul Train to come back. Uh, it's hard to bring things like that back to their former glory. But, uh, it really is, but she absolutely, Rodney. But you know, I, and I was like you until last night. I'm like, okay, if there's anybody that can um, remix Soul Train to make it mean to make it be must see TV for this generation, she probably could do it. And I think that uh, it would be amazing to have a woman host the uh, Soul Train Awards for the first time in Soul Train history. And she's uniquely cut out, apparently, uh, from what I witnessed last night. She's uniquely cut out to do that. Not only was she funny and entertaining and really uh, heartfelt in her enthusiasm about the uh, Soul Train product, but she's quite the historian, for real historian on R&B soul music. And who did what, where, when, with whom, 
who was on tour with who. So, you know, it really would be an interesting education in American soul music, R&B music, and it also would be uh, a shot in the arm that, that the genre needs right now. Right now the game is messed up. We got, you know, other people singing more soulfully and with more, uh, and you know, getting more enthusiasm. This week we had Adele with uh, her Hello single, um, Make History. She's the first person uh, to sell a million copies of a song, over a million copies. I think uh, at the time that she broke the record, it was a million point two copies of Hello, her new single, uh, sold within a week, within seven days. First of all, folks don't buy music today, so, I mean, shout out to Adele for getting somebody to plunk down a dollar twenty nine for the song uh, over a million times. That's an incredible feat in and of itself today within, in, in the uh, age of music streaming. Uh, it's hard to get people to commit to your music with their dollars and cents. But um, we don't seem to have a lot of uh, enthusiasm for black artists that do black music. This this year, Tyrese released an album that has spent, at the time that he brought the issue up, it had been number one on the Billboard charts for six weeks. But he could only get uh, quote-unquote black radio stations to play the music. If it were any, if if Sam Smith had sang any of those songs that Tyrese had on that album, has on that album, it would have been number one all over the world, and it would have been played on every station. So you know, right now, a number one song, a number one album in a country, apparently means nothing if you are chocolate and sexy and cute. <laughs> Apparently, that don't mean nothing. So, you know, right now, black artists are going through a tough time. They're having a hard time capturing their audience. They're having a hard time uh, getting the uh, other vehicles in the industry to get behind their artistry and their music. So, you know, we really could use a... Uh, the power of the brand of Soul Train on national television again to remind folks that it's a lot of great music out here and it's a lot of great artists out here doing fantastic things. So, you know, I, I really hope that my good friend, the owner with uh, Mr. Cornelius of the Soul Train uh, brand, uh, Kadar, I, I, hello, I, I hope you hear me. Please bring Soul Train back to the TV. I know Nick Cannon uh, a couple of years back was talking about, you know, uh, bringing the uh, hippest trip to, in America back to um, national television, but that conversation sort of died out once the, you know, his uh, divorce popped up, and you know, he had his attention had to go elsewhere, understandably. Um, so I hope that the conversation is now back on the table and, and we can get cracking with getting Soul Train back on the air. But until then, November 29th, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. 
you know, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock elsewhere, Pacific Standard Time. And, you know, I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the part that I saw. It was really great. All right. Well, cool. I'm you know, I'm looking forward to you know, making it to the airways and enjoying Mrs. Erica Badu performance and uh, and you said she was the the host of the sh- uh, event, correct? Yes, first time. Well, no, Wendy Williams did it a couple of years ago, but you know, first time she's doing it, uh, Miss Erica Badu, and you know, she she definitely brought a lot of you know when it was announced, she definitely brought a lot of ooh, really? Okay, well, I got to check that out to the Soul Train brand with her being an international star of stage and screen. Uh, She has some new movies coming out. Uh, She has a one-woman show that she's doing and new music. She dropped a mixtape. Yes, day before, I think it was yesterday. I think it dropped yesterday. Good music. I'm going to make you put down that cell phone. It's a real booty-popping kind of jam. So check it out. <laughs> Download the mixtape. Uh, get on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, and check out some of the uh, pictures from uh, last night. Uh, it was a lot of fun. She put up a lot of stuff herself on, you know, you know her her journey of hosting the Soul Train Awards for the first time. And like I said, her enthusiasm was infectious. I'm excited. I'm excited for her. It's good to see people living, getting an opportunity to live their dream. So often today we don't, we don't get to see that. So it's good to see somebody getting a shot at doing something that they've always dreamt about doing. So that's cool. Well, there you have it, the uh, entertainment update from the one and only Mrs. Angela Thomas, who was out there having a good time while I was slaving away here. Uh, with actually, I was not really. I was having a good time myself, just not that good time. Uh, and, and you know, speaking of entertainment, I, I talked about it uh, maybe a little bit last week, but I did go see a performance at the Smith Center here by the resident ensemble Broadway in the Hood. And I put a post on Facebook uh, about that, uh, requesting that people and organizations support that in, endeavor. Because ultimately, you can ask for a thing, but if you don't support that thing, it will go away. And we have the magnificent Smith Center here for jazz performances, uh, mm-hmm. theatrical productions. I'm talking about this is something that you want to throw on a tuxedo. You don't have to, but it's something that you would definitely, if you want to impress fellas, if you want to impress your date, you know, let's go to the let's go to the theater tonight. You know, women like the theater. At least that's what all of the Facebook uh, <laughs> posts say. And you take them to the theater and get them all dressed up in spruce and, you know, a little wine and dine. I'm just saying, it's something you should consider and definitely consider Broadway in the Hood's productions uh, because they are professionally done. They're outstanding. Uh, big uh, big ups to Tori Russell and uh, Miss China Hudson, who uh, do a lot of the uh, Keep it going, work, absolutely. A lot of the driving of that thing. So entertainment and culture is alive and well here in Las Vegas. I want to give a brief station ID 
and uh, you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. I am Rodney Smith, and my co-host I... is Angela Thomas. And we are on the air at 12.30 p.m. every Saturday on the West Coast. And that's 3.30 out east. And today we're talking about, well, we gave you some, some entertainment updates, but today the focus of the remainder of the show is on Veterans Day. Uh, today or this month, uh, November, just happens to be Military Family Appreciation Month. Uh, and the president signed nice. a proclamation declaring that uh, each year. Uh, it marks the beginning of the month-long celebration of military families, which the Department of Defense and the nation will honor the commitment and sacrifices made by the family of the nation's service members. And I mentioned earlier that only 1% of people in this country have served. And of that 1%, there's only 3% of this country that's directly related to that 1%. So less than 5% of this country is physically touched by the military service. So I wanted to take mm. some time out to spend. Now, for those of you who want to know, since today is November 7th, again, fellas, heads up, today is Sadie Hawkins Day. I, I, I oh, know. Wow. I know. Uh, <laughs> yes, today is Sadie Hawkins Day. So, fellas, if she really likes you, she should be giving you a call about taking taking you someplace for a change. And also with her spending the money. So we get one day out of the year where we don't where we can go on a date and we don't actually have to reach into our pocket. So hopefully so Well, if you uh, were from Chicago, you get two cuz you get Sweetest Day. Now, Sweetest Day is that <laughs> uh, where women recognize men, or is that traditionally that. in my clique? Yes, Sweetest Day was for the guy for us to do nice things for our guys, and you know some guys do you know nice things for their woman on Sweetest Day, but you know me and my crew, we we definitely I knew a lot of ladies that took Sweetest Day as an opportunity to do something sweet for their sweetheart. Okay, well, I'm I'm claiming Sweetest Day too. Then I'm claiming that because <laughs> you know, I, hey, I'll take whatever love I can get at this stage of my life, and and I don't need a whole right. lot. Uh, <laughs> but, so today is Sadie Hawkins Day, uh, but November 11th is Veterans Day. November 11th, and November 11th is Veterans Day every year in America mm-hmm. and other countries too. But we're talking about America today. And the reason why I wanted to spend some time on Veterans Day is because, partly because of those statistics that I gave earlier, that only 1% of this country has served and only 3% is directly related to those who serve. So you're talking less than 5%. And a question came up at yesterday's gathering is basically what is Veterans Day to you? And the response was war. And then in addition to the response of war, depending on which side of it that you were, Veterans Day was uh, emotional, knee-jerk responses by men who were not able to talk things out. Now, 
that is what I received in the response. And when I heard that, it made me feel more determined to do a show on Veterans Day because I thought that Veterans Day, yes, it is definitely associated with war, formerly Armistice Day, and and that's what it was uh, that became Veterans Day. But it's so much more than just that. And I just wanted to take some time to talk about Veterans Day. I, want, I hope some of my veterans will call in, 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Press option 1 on your keypad to chat because I want to hear from some of the veterans. I would love to hear from some of the loved ones, that 3% of the folks out there, to tell your story a little bit, uh, maybe about someone who's served and come home, uh, someone maybe who wants to serve but wasn't able to, uh, whatever it is that is your experience. And I see we do have some callers there, but if you can just hold on for one second. I want to tell a brief story Yes, of, of what happened to me Thursday when I went to the Veterans Breakfast. It's a weekly event uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning at Aliante uh, Hotel uh, Casino here in North Las Vegas. And because it was the last time that we would have breakfast before Veterans Day, I wanted to sort of remind people that the holiday was coming up. You know, this you know it, it doesn't get a lot of uh, it doesn't even really get a lot of TV commercials about uh, sales and stuff that much. So I put my I put my Purple Heart cap on. I'm a member of a fraternity. Uh, I, I wore my fraternity shirt. And I I just walked in, as I would normally do, but I guess the hat did what it was intended to do. It got some attention. And so once I paid for my uh, buffet meal, and because I was a veteran, there was a small discount. Thank you very much. And uh, the young lady that was going to take me to where the veterans were meeting, she saw me, she greeted me, and she says, uh, is that a purple heart? I said, yes. She said, so that means you have a purple heart? And I said, yes. And Angela immediately, you know, she thanked me for my service, and her voice started cracking. And she, she just welled up into tears. And she could barely get the words out. And she thanked me, and she thanked others who had served. And uh, it, it, it even affected me because it just took me by surprise. Now, I wear the, I wore the hat to get attention, to remind people that Veterans Day, one, Veterans Day is coming up. Two, even though we're living those joyful lives of Americans here in the safety and comfort of America, that there's still people walking the wall. There's still people standing watch. That century is still out there on post. There are special forces operators who are out there still, and the president has just sent 50 more in addition to the ones that are already there. So I wore the hat as sort of advertisement for that. I wore my brightest colored fraternity shirt to make sure that it got recognized, uh, just as a reminder. 
and this lady just welled up. So as she's as she's escorting me to the table, and you know, I just you know, she just needed a big hug, and I gave her a hug, and it was just the love in the hug from her to me, in appreciation for the service, not just of me, but to all my other military brothers and sisters out there. It, it just touched me. So when I got over to the to the table, it was about twenty. 2025 of the veterans there I had to acknowledge This woman's support Of us And there's a video clip on our webpage And I'll put the clip up in the chat room So you guys can watch At least I'll try to do it Of uh, her speaking on Her emotion Of those veterans there And what it meant to her For them to have served And she was not a native born American Which made it even more touching here is someone who left their country and came to this country, adopted and embraced this country, and then was so emotional about us and others who have served that she just welled up in the tears. And even as I'm speaking of it, I'm not to go to the caller because even as I'm speaking of it, it's uh, emotional to me. Good afternoon. You're on Our Own Voices Live. If you have a question or comment for us, our discussion was we talked a little bit about entertainment, but uh, the topic of the show actually is Veterans Day. You talking to me? Yes, sir. You are on live. <laughs> okay. How you doing, sir? Welcome to yeah, the my show. Name's Andre- hey, how you doing? My name's Andreas. I'm here in Dallas, Texas, and my, I'll try to keep my story short, but it's really tough to do <laughs> to keep it short. I, actually, I had to go to the Army because I was about to – put myself in jail for a long time. And I got been caught doing the shenanigans I did on the streets in New York in 87 when I left Garland, Texas, with my mother's handgun without a trace and hit the streets. Uh, if I would have got caught and not done something with my life, I, my life would have been eliminated. So I went to the Army, to the local recruiter, and I said, sign me up, you know, if I'm okay. If I don't have any dirt in my background, well... They didn't find anything, which is good. And my brother was attending West Point at the time. He didn't know I was in, in New York. Nobody in my family knew where I was. And when I got in, I actually got in. I'm not dumb. What I did was stupid, but I'm not dumb. I had a high entrance exam, so I went in as military police, of all things. And I decided to surprise my brother by walking. I walked all the way to West Point nonstop to shock him. And um, wow. and I was inducted in the army uh, right before that. I mean, and when I got inducted, that's when I walked over there to shock him. And I was mm-hmm. uh, went through basic training and went off into Germany. But um, you know, I didn't take. I was just trying to find a way to get you know get go you know steer the right direction and steer me toward Germany. But um, what I love about the story and, and my my journey is. It took me a while to really understand what what really the, the true meaning of this country is all about. This country is not only a country of second chances, it's a country of third and fourth chances. I don't have a degree, okay? I'm African-American, but um, I came back from Germany in 95, and I started a construction company with only a year of experience in construction but one thing that people don't under, don't understand what what how why they would do so well, I leveraged my credit cards, discipline, through discipline, and uh, paid the minimums when they were maxed out my first year, 
I went on to do almost two and a, almost two and a half million years in for my first five years. I say that to say this. Um, I think we as African Americans we need to really put down the gloves. I think we need to really concede to the fact that racism isn't as much of an issue as it used to be. A lot of people still try to try to find a way to uproot that idea, but I'm sorry. I mean, I, if I do millions of dollars and the only people that try to keep me down have been our people, unfortunately, African-Americans, uh, I just don't see And by the way, George Bush, uh, he invited me to his dinner in '04 after I received the 2003 Texas Businessman of the Year Award by the NRCC. So I'd say that to say this, uh, God bless America, and uh, like this, Rodney, uh, I think, uh, what's your name, Rodney, is it, uh, uh, the That's moderator it. here? Yes, right? Sir. Yeah, well, yes. I appreciate you opening the, the phones for me to say this, and and uh, let's just enjoy Veterans Day, and uh, I always joke about this, I always say, uh, well, and, but way back in 87, I joined the Army because I knew there'd be freebies one day, and that I, pro- I prophesied it. I knew that, you know, thir- 20 years from the time I joined the Army, one day it'll be freebies on every Veterans Day, it'll be discounts everywhere, and that'll save me a lot of money. Uh, that's just a joke. But but anyway, but no, I just want to say that, and uh, one of the major things, Rodney, you may already know this, because I think uh, this this uh, message was run by, run by your thread on Facebook, um, I was diagnosed with HIV in 1995 in, in Germany at the peak what I thought was a glorious fantasy career over there. Turned into sort of tragic, but no, no, no. I mean, when Viola, my, the woman that dedicated herself to me, when she said, I'll go, and she'll leave her, basically leave her homestead where she grew up, and with me, a man with HIV with no degree, that was my inspiration. We did so many amazing things, and the story is just so beautiful, so captivating. The miracles that God did, not only for me, but for her, that she didn't have the virus. You know, it just it goes on and on and on. So that story will be written. I do have a few publishers. I just have to get the, the uh, book into print, and uh, that's what I'm working on right now, to glorify God. And I still have my company after almost 19 years. And uh, on December 27th, it'll be 19 years. But um, I think we owe it to this country. I, I a lot of people are gonna not like what I'm about to say, you know. But I think it's time to say thank you. That's what I say to this country: thank you. Not you know, ah man, politics and all. Just be happy where you are. Be happy you're alive. Be happy that we're in arguably the greatest nation in the world, the world, the, the country that gives you second chances or even eighth chances or ninth chances. You have to keep plugging and you have to keep working and you have to keep moving. And uh, I just want to say that just as a send-off, Rodney. Thank you so much for letting me talk. Well, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, I, I appreciate your service uh, a lot of times whatever our service is, whether we're in combat or not, it is it still mm-hmm. supports the mission and it supports our country. So thank you for mm-hmm. your time wearing the country's uniform and carrying the country's colors. Thank you, Rodney. All right, you have a good day. Well, that thank was you. Andreas calling in to share uh, his story. And uh, if anyone else would like to call 
in and share their story as we talk about Veterans Day. Of course, that means veterans. Uh, 347-826-9600. I would love to hear your stories. Even if you're not a veteran, uh, maybe you don't have a relative who's a veteran. I would still like to know what do you think about Veterans Day? What do you think about veterans? Uh, maybe you have not served, you're not directly related, but maybe you know someone uh, that has served. Maybe beforehand you didn't know much about it because you didn't have contact, but now that you do, how, how has it changed your thoughts of veteran and military service? Uh, Angela, you have a very interesting story of metamorphosis in your uh, concepts of veterans and military service, and I was just wondering if you would be willing to share that with the folks. I kind of say this every year. Um, Mm -hmm. Growing up in Chicago, in the Midwest, we don't have a lot of military, a lot of interaction with military life, military families. Uh, if they are former military, you know, you just wouldn't know uh, unless, you know, it, it would be some extreme circumstances to, to know. And I say that honestly because in my neighborhood, in my community, and I've lived all over Chicago, uh, southwest, uh, north, it's just not a huge military family community like Las Vegas. And that's a, a, a really hidden gem about being in Las Vegas is that we are a military community because we are, you know, Nellis Air Force Base is here, Area 51 is here, uh, Creech is, is here. So there are a lot of service members that live in this community and make up the body of this community. Um, So in my 10 years or so of living in this community, I really have changed my understanding and my attitude about service and the impact it has on family, um, the sacrifices that family makes. My son-in-law uh, is former Air Force. He got out two years ago now. Um, and, you know, then having a living, breathing, you know, part of the military with uh, functioning within my own immediate family circle and, you know, having to help both of them deal with deployment and, you know, um, stay, some of the funnier things with Gene was, him staying in shape. Uh, my son-in-law loves sweets and, and loves to eat, but he, he regularly worked out and, you know, kept that waistline where it needed to be. So, you know, just different things about military life and, and what it takes to maintain it and how it how it helps um, the family and the community. I One thing I, I told Rodney uh, several times, if I had known about the benefits of, of serving in the military, I might have joined myself because it 
gives you an opportunity to insulate yourself uh, from some things that maybe you don't have uh, an insulation from um, as a regular civilian. By the time, if you go into the military at 18, 20 years old, you do 20 years, you're just 40 years old. That's pretty young. In the in in the lifespan of in the in your life cycle, experts say you change careers five times. The traditional uh, American worker changes their uh, careers five times before they retire. So the military, your military career, your military life, twenty years or you know twenty plus years, is a very you know. It goes by quick. I'm celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary on the 10th. And, you know, I can't, myself or my husband can hardly believe how quickly that happened. It feels like a blink of the eye. And now we're here celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. That can be true for your military, uh, for your career as well, whether you're in military or not, but we're talking about military, for your military career. So to retire from a career in military with all of the benefits that you've earned in that 20 year you know 20 plus years then to be able to come back into civilian life um and work another career work another job if you want you know if you're able to um and most are the fact you know that just dispelling some of the myths, I know I'm kind of jumping around, but there's just glaring things that jump out at me about it, uh, just in, you know, in having this conversation. Um, so many are injured in protecting our freedoms. But as I know so many, like you, Rodney, like um, Ruben De Silva, uh, young man, Marine cover subject of our own voices, uh, the magazine. To know what what your journey has been to recover from your injuries and the ongoing battle with traumatic brain injury and PTSD, um, but to have so much engagement with you on a regular basis. If I didn't know those things about you, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, and I, you know, everybody, you know, has their struggles in the morning with their feet hitting the floor, especially after you get a little seasoning under under your skin a little bit, the seasonings of life and and living and 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 overcoming whatever it is you're going through. Anyway, the sum total of what I'm saying is, I think more young people should consider having. a life in the military. I know my son-in-law went in 18, 19 years old. He was not the same young man that went into the military. That He wasn't the same young man that came out. And I look at him now in his civilian life, and, you know, he's studying to be a mathematician. <laughs> That's nothing but uh, God and the distinct motivation and uh, exposure given to my uh, son-in-law through military service 
that brought him uh, to that path and to be seeking uh, education in something that he was passionate about and had the opportunity to explore and develop those passions. So, you know, I think more Americans uh, should consider it. And, you know, maybe we should be like Europe. You know, uh, when they graduate high school, there's a mandatory uh, deal where they have to do at least two, I think it's two years of military. You know, some of our, huh? Conscription. Uh, Israel yeah, has it. There's, there's quite a few countries that, that do it. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's a bad idea. It, it's certain um, skill sets and, and discipline that it ingrains in a young person that I think is is healthy and, and follows them through their life. So, now, Angela, you did say that uh, due to your location and not having any a lot of large military installations near you, that you were somewhat only thing we have, Rodney, is Great Lakes, and Great Lakes is a hundred plus miles outside of Chicago. So don't you know? Really, the only time you you come across some of the uh, naval folks in in Great Lakes is honestly if you're in some of the touristy areas of Chicago. Maybe uh, um, what comes to mind is Navy Pier, but no, you don't have a lot of exposure. Some of the exposure you get is not very positive. It's very much like that movie Soul Food where the uncle was, you know, in a room off to himself, uh, not wanting to be seen or engaging uh, with folks because of something that he went through in service. So, you know, a lot of my peers, you know, I often reference, uh, when talking about this, I often reference the first lady who, you know, when when, they, when she became the first lady, this was one of like her first faux pas, one of, one of her real first national criticisms of something she did. She made a statement, and I believe it, you know, I'm paraphrasing, um, is the first time I'm proud of, really proud of, of America. And, you know, she took a lot of heat for that, but I understood where that was coming from. She's a brown girl from the south side of Chicago, I'm a brown girl from Chicago. I'm from the west side, though, the best side. I'm just saying, I digress. But um, I understood that because she didn't mean any anything malicious by it. She just simply meant that she was coming into a knowing that she, she had not uh, had an opportunity to experience before, and she was really proud of what she experienced and what she seen. So, you know, that's that's kind of where a lot of Chicagoans, I think, sit with military. We have a very um, disparaging understanding about military and military life. And, you know, with my son-in-law particularly, uh, his father is a retired Air Forceman. And, you know... Gene was born in in uh, in Germany on a military base, and you know I, he was one of the first families, honestly, that you know I had met in in Chicago that came from a service family, and you know he being a son following in his in his father's footsteps 
to uh, serve his country. He felt really committed by that, and committed to that, and to be chocolate black like me and see that in a, in another black family, I had not experienced that. Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Press option one to speak. We're talking about the upcoming holiday, Veterans Day. That's right. There is a holiday coming up uh, next week, Wednesday, and it's called Veterans Day. Originally, it was Armistice Day uh, to commemorate those who fought and the truce uh, or the armistice that was signed. Uh, for the war, World War One, it was done at the Treaty of Versailles. Uh, it was it was actually signed, uh, I believe it's June eighth uh, uh, of nineteen uh, no June twenty eighth of nineteen nineteen, and but the hostilities had actually uh, ended before then, and the hostilities ended. On November 11th, it just so happened that November is the 11th month. It was on the 11th day, and it, many say that it was the 11th hour uh, that this was this uh, this happened. So November 11th, it doesn't change like the first Monday, third Monday, or anything like that, or last Friday. No, it is November 11th whenever and wherever November 11th falls. Um, so Veterans Day started out as basically Armistice Day, and it was due to the hostility of uh, those, you know, fighting Germany in World War One, And then it was later, uh, you know, in World War Two. World War Two was, some would say, the greatest mobility of men and and people to fight any war. And in you know we had we had World War One, then after World War One we had World War Two, and then not long after World War Two we had the Korean War, and you know those those brutal wars. World War One, Korean War, brutal. All wars are brutal. And uh, it was after that that we got, uh, I believe, Armistice Day was in June 1st, 1954, uh, became, uh, or it was proposed to turn Armistice Day into Veterans Day to commemorate basically all of the great wars. Uh, World War One, which was the war to end all wars, obviously that wasn't true because we had World War Two, and then... That was the attack that would live in infamy with the attack of Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. And, of course, then we had uh, Land of the Morning Calms War in Korea with what the Tukam over there with the uh, the Korean War, uh, which was a short war, but it was also a brutal war. And Americans, once again, were called on to fight and uh, to protect freedom and liberty. Yesterday, as I mentioned earlier, when one of the veterans had a chance, because some some of the folks asked, why would someone want to join the military? And there was even some comments of some people who said they would not allow their children to join the military because of how they perceived the military to be 
and the people of the military. And the veteran got up and said pretty simply that he joined, or one of the reasons he joined, was so we could do what we were doing, which was gathering together peacefully, having lunch, and people from different cultures, ethnicities, and to just so that we had the, the the freedom to do that and to protect that freedom. And I'm not so sure if the people accepted what he said or even understood what he said. There's a show that's on, I believe it's Netflix right now. And that show, I, I love the idea. The show is what would America or what America would be like had the Axis powers won the war. So I believe it's the East Coast is basically run by Germany. The West Coast is occupied by Japan. And then the Midwest, the middle of the country and, and the Mountain West, is like where America has been pushed back to. In other words, they signed an agreement, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. Instead of us repelling it as in history, in this case, they kept pushing. And in them continuing to push, they took over the West Coast. Uh, Germany defeated Europe and obviously kept pushing us back until they took over a portion of the East Coast. And I would recommend especially as we talk about Veterans Day and the Veterans Day holiday is almost upon us, I really encourage you all, and Angela, I hope you get a chance to uh, to watch that show too. And because it gives you a little bit of insight, obviously it's fiction because we're here, right? But it's fiction. But I thought it was brilliant because sometimes I think we just take for granted what we have. I understand it because the majority of the people don't go fight. The majority of the people don't really pay much attention to what's going on because they know it doesn't impact them. Even if we were to declare war against somebody else again for whatever reason, the majority of Americans would not be touched by it unless we lost. But they wouldn't be touched by it. And I also realize that the majority of Americans, because they don't serve or they have not served and they don't know anyone who has served directly, that their imagery of veterans, of active duty military, is through fictionalized television and, and movie accounts of veterans, military life, uh, do you all think it's accurate? And has anyone else had the experience like Angela of not really knowing much about the military, then coming in, ta in contact with those who served or are serving? And how, if and how, did it transform your thinking of it? I would love to hear from you. 347 826 347-826. 9,600, press option one. Uh, you know, yesterday at the gathering, um, 
the question of you know my thoughts on war. What what what? How did you word it, Rodney? Well, it was actually on veterans. The, what did you think about veterans? Mm-hmm. No, my question was about war. War was what I it was, was talking changed about. into. But the question was actually. What I do you was think about the question. Veterans? I came into the now. Remember, I came into the conversation later. When I got back to the table, I was asked about war. What's my thoughts on war? What's my what's something about war? And my thought is still war for civilized nations. We claim to be civilized nations. I just think in this day and time, with all the modern technology and all we know about the brain and psychology and people and humans, we should be able to resolve things better than war, better than taking somebody's life, whether it's provoked or unprovoked. But I understand the necessity. Sometimes you have to do what you got to do to defend your your home. It's unfortunate it's that we still got to deal with war, but you know, live in the world you in and not the world you want to be in. Well, Angela, actually, when I when I thought about the question uh, that added to the interest was that the the actual original question was about veterans and about the conversation was about veterans and veterans day that when posed people took the question as war and then the response to what the question was the comment was changed into war was war was emotional and a knee jerk response by men to an attack and some of the commentary was that people should, adults, uh, should be able to talk their way out of it. Uh, some of the conversation also turned to that, you know, there were some people who were adamant that they not only didn't they understand why people would join the military, but that they would not allow their children to join the military. And I just thought that, but the question, I just wanted to have a topic, a discussion on Veterans Day. Now, of course, however the conversation goes, we typically flow with it, and then it immediately went from veterans to war, and uh, and and then it also went to men and war. Veterans Day and veterans, there would be no Veterans Day had it not been for the war, obviously, because Veterans Day came about, as mentioned, due to the ceasefire, uh, and we called it Armistice Day. So obviously, I see how the two are linked. I just wanted us to focus, want us to focus a little more, though, on the on Veterans Day. The, so, for example, how do you all celebrate Veterans Day? What do you do? Uh, for Halloween, which we just had, I believe it's the second biggest holiday uh, in the nation uh, as far as money made and spent, is we go and, you know, we trick-or-treat. Uh, in Nevada, that is Nevada Day. At least that's how it felt this year. And there's a the largest parade is held for Nevada Day. So we have 
celebrations for that and that people participate in. Uh, how many people know that there's actually a Veterans Day parade? And that's we have one here in Las Vegas. How many people have actually attended a Veterans Day parade? And then what else do you do to celebrate Veterans Day? Uh, one of the things they've asked for this year is on your porch or patio, depending on where you live, I guess, is to put out a green light. Now, I don't know if it's the light bulb industry that came up with this, but I, I don't know that much about it. But I did hear it, so I, you know, I have a green light out on uh, the front of my house by my garage, and uh, people actually do must have heard the same story I did, but got more of it because they recognize that it's in support of veterans. So, Angela, and for the rest of you out there, how do you all recognize Veterans Day? Well, what do you do different? Do you do anything different? And have you ever attended one of the Veterans Day parades? Did you guys even have a Veterans Day parade in Chicago? Uh, I know Veterans Day, believe it or not, one of the things that Donald Trump is known for is his support of the Veterans Day parade in New York. Uh, he went to a Veterans Day parade. This is one of our largest urban areas. And he was disappointed at the turnout. Now, I'm not endorsing Donald Trump one way or the other, but I am, well, recognizing him on this because Donald Trump was so disappointed with turnout for the Veterans Day in New York that he promised the next year that it would be so much better. And you know how he always says whatever he does is bigger than this, better than that, it's the greatest ever. And he actually turned the veteran that following year, that Veterans Day celebration, into something that the city could be proud of again. Uh, do you all have a Veterans Day parade where you are? Uh, what else do you do to recognize veterans? Is it, think about it, have you thought about it much? Three four seven eight two six nine six zero zero, And you should also go to the Our Own Voices uh, Facebook page, Our Own Voices Live, and share your thoughts on Veterans Day. Maybe you have a story of a family member. Maybe you served yourself. You know someone who served. Uh, even if you don't fit into any of those categories and you would just like to share your thoughts on Veterans and Veterans Day, I would really love to hear from you because this, my experience yesterday at the gathering was that this is doesn't seem to be that important, or at least to the group of people who were there. And then it just made me wonder, as the country is, is aging and we have more young people who are less likely to serve in the military, still even need the holiday, would you, would you miss it? And, again, what do you do? to recognize Veterans Day and veterans. Now, of course, there was some women at the table yesterday, and uh, 
I made the suggestion <laughs> to hug a bit, uh, mainly because, just so you fellows know, we have some really nice-looking women at the gathering, so I don't mind those nice, warm hugs. So uh, they they did hug some veterans, and there was we had quite a few veterans there yesterday, and that that was nice. It was a nice it was a nice touch. Though I don't think people um, don't join for that, but it really is nice to get it. And if you look at the video that I posted on in the chat room and also on the Our Own Voices Live Facebook page, uh, and the the young lady who just welled up in emotion and, and tears. Uh, because there was, she was serving veterans, and she recognized the service of those veterans to her was quite touching. If you get a chance, go check that out. So that was the show today on Veterans Day. Uh, we did a segment of entertainment on the Soul Train Music Awards, as experienced by our co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining us today, I remember November 6th is Veterans Day. Or excuse me, November 11th, every year this year, it falls on a Wednesday. Originally it was Armistice Day but after World War One, And then uh, the Korean War, World War Two, led to it being changed into Veterans Day to recognize those who had served in all branches. As you know, November is military family Appreciation Month as signed in to a bill by the, a proclamation by the president and take some time to take some time to spend some time with a veteran. If you don't know one, there's usually a Veterans Day parade. Go and support it. And in addition to and or there are many veterans shelters here in Las Vegas and probably wherever you are. Maybe those veterans could use a little company. Uh, however it is that you would like to do it, maybe it's putting out a green light on your porch or patio or hoisting a flag up on November 11th that maybe you wouldn't normally do. I like the answer, and I thought it was the answer was just perfect when they and someone said, well, why would anybody join the military? And the veteran, the Bronze Star recipient, stood up and said, so that we could have the freedom to do what we're doing today. It's so you can have the freedom to do whatever you're doing today, what you did yesterday, and what you will do tomorrow. And the young lady who led me to my table who was just a well of emotion because she had the opportunity to serve veterans that day who had served her. And she was someone who wasn't born a citizen of this great country, but appreciated it and the service and sacrifice that much. I'm still touched by that. And I hope you'll go in and see her, our own voices live on Facebook. And I've also posted in chat room. We'll be going off the air shortly uh, next week. We will be talking about relationships. It will be our uh, week, uh, excuse me, our monthly show on relationships. Hopefully, you can join us, and that we'll be on at twelve thirty on the West Coast. That's three thirty on the East Coast. Thank you so much for joining us, and look up Veterans Day 
and spend some time with a veteran. Do something in recognition of this holiday. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.